Have you ever had an idea for a creepy story? Well, Tori and I do all the time. So for this week, we have a very special episode written by our own Tori Mokri called Golden Eyes. We hope you guys enjoy it and uh, get scared. We were lost. Undeniably lost. Though he would never admit it. The wheels of the car spun on the soggy dirt road, and our old car passed tree after tree after tree. But there were no signs for miles. Not even a deer crossing or a speed limit sign for hours. I had told him to use the navigation on his phone, and eventually he did. Then it died. My phone remained on 20% while the paper map was sprawled across my lap. The car was silent. Not even the radio could reach us where we were. Did you find it yet? Considering that I have no idea where we are, no, I haven't found it. Well, we just came from St. Elmo, so how far is the Stanley Hotel supposed to be? It was only supposed to take us four, maybe five hours at most. Well, it's been over that, so what happened? Maybe you took a wrong turn. Can you just look up where we are? I have as much cell phone reception as you. We should have just stayed at the hotel by the mine. There's no way I was sleeping in that old dump. Old dump? What the hell are you talking about? That hotel was full of history. And the whole haunted mine and haunted town thing was your idea. Besides, the whole point of this trip was to visit haunted places and see monsters. That hotel has more history and ghosts than the Stanley. More ghosts doesn't mean it's more haunted. It also depends on the type of ghost. For instance, the ghosts at the Queen Anne Hotel are nothing compared to the ghosts of the Queen Mary. Well, yeah, a ghost that unpacks your clothes isn't very scary. But the Mines Hotel has a poltergeist and stuff like that. But not as much as the Stanley. Not as much, but they're still scary. What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong, I just thought that... Oh, thank God, some exit. Uh, Alex, I don't think... Of course it is. It wasn't. Another few miles down the dirt road and we hit a dead end. And on top of that, we were out of gas. I thought you filled up before we left. I did. Well, we're out now. Maybe the extra gas can in the back will help. We don't need that. Let me just turn this thing around and... You got rid of the gas can, didn't you? It was taking up too much room. Alex, we specifically had that just in case something like this happened. It's no big deal, okay? Let's just get out and see what's around here. Look, I see a path right over there. And this is the part of the movie where the couple makes the wrong decision and they get horribly murdered by an axe-wielding maniac. You worry too much. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. All I knew was that walking into the woods with no gas in the car was a recipe for disaster. And sure enough, after a walk that seemed to last for hours, we came across an old and beaten down cabin. I could see the grin spreading across his face. Babe, no. It was too late. With a simple wave behind him, he started to walk towards the rotten stairs and the broken door. I tried to follow him and grab his arm, but each time I tried to pull him back, he would tear out of my grip. The stairs creaked as Alex took one step after the other. I called his name, but he didn't respond more than another wave over his shoulder, dismissing any thoughts I had of 
killers and monsters. The door nearly fell off its hinges as we walked through. It had been unlocked, but it shut as soon as we were both in. I jumped and grabbed onto Alex's arms, my fingers digging into his skin. Babe, I don't like this. Relax, V. Nothing's gonna happen. We both knew that that was a lie, but we still kept walking. Alex looked around, obviously intrigued and giddy over the creepy aesthetic of the place. I just wanted to find some gas or a phone. There was no gas, and the only phone line had been cut. There was, however, two dice that both showed one, and a rectangular glass cage with a cold lamplight, and a beaded necklace with two large fangs. The rest of the room was empty, save for a few random pieces of furniture here and there. The more we walked through the house, the more it began to shoot chills up my spine and arms. There was no wind and no snow, but there was still an ice-cold presence that made me stick to Alex's side. I didn't want to know what would happen if we split up. I didn't know if it was the eerie light of the barely visible moon or the near silence of the cabin that had me on edge. I wanted to bolt, but Alex insisted that we walk around just a bit more. That was all it would take. There was a thump in one of the rooms near us, then the sound of something being dragged. My heart sped up as I looked at Alex. His eyes seemed to widen as he grabbed me to bring me closer to him. Can we please get out of here now? The only response was his head nodding once. His eyes pinned on the walls around us as soft dragging continued. I could hear his gulp, feel his heartbeat quicken as we tore out of the room away from the noise. There was a snap and a crash. The glass tank fell to the ground and shattered. I heard Alex scream my name as I felt something hit my head. My vision drew blank, but I could still hear his screams as my hearing faded. I was dead. Of that, I was sure. How else could you explain the pure pain that hit every nerve in my body, or the warmth that ran down my arms? My head was pounding and my ears rang like church bells. I couldn't even open my eyes, but I could feel the chill of a windy breeze and the suffocation of two cold metal cuffs that my arms dangled from. I could hear the small drops of some liquid, maybe from a leaky faucet or maybe little red drops that fell from one of my various wounds. I couldn't tell how long I had been hanging, but it was enough for my arms to go numb. My feet could barely touch the floor, and when they brushed against the cement flooring, I could hear the movements of water, and I could feel the dampness of my shoes. The pure stench of the room almost had me gag multiple times. Pressure built up behind my eyes, and I remember his screams, but my tears were pushed back by the sound of something being dragged upstairs. My eyes were dry as I tried to force them open. I had to blink multiple times in order to actually be able to see. As soon as I could, my heart stopped, and my eyes grew wide. I felt like lightning had shot through my body, freezing every last inch of me. I was in a metal cage, connected to many others, 
like kennels in a pound. Each one had piles of bones with one or two rotting corpses hanging from chains. Some seemed years old with bugs swarming around them. Others seemed only weeks old at most. There were bodies, but I couldn't see Alex's. And I didn't know if that was good or bad. All I did know was that I had to get out. I had to think, what would all of those scary movie characters do? The huff escaped my lips at the mere thought. They would probably get killed in one way or another. The monster would come to devour the helpless damsel. <laughs> Alex would always joke about how I would be the first girl to die in one of those movies. He would say that I would end up tripping and getting dragged away, kicking and screaming. Or I would be the one to go towards the scary noise. But I refused to be that. I had to live. I had to find Alex. My eyes trailed up to the ceiling. There was a thick wooden beam that the chains hung from. Perhaps I could break it? No, I had no leverage. My feet barely scraped the ground. I could try climbing the chains as if they were rope. No, my arms were too weak. Alex would have laughed at me, telling me that I should have gone to the gym with him. The shackles looked easy enough once I got one hand free, but how? The shackles were too tight on my wrist. I would have to break a finger just to slip through. Lightning shot through my body as I groaned. Breaking my finger was the only way. A whimper left my lips as I looked back up to the chains. I sighed, pressing my fingers down at the base of my thumb. I inhaled once, twice, five times my body shaking the whole time. My hand jerked, but I froze. I couldn't do it. Tears escaped my eyes as I looked towards the ceiling. It was almost like a prayer to give me strength. A breath sucked into my lungs as I heard movement above me. It was still there, and it would be coming down at any moment. With my bottom lip between my teeth, I wrapped my fingers around the base of my thumb once more. Deep breaths came in and out of my lungs as I squeezed my eyes shut. One, two, a scream caught in my throat as my hand slipped through the cold metal. My breaths were shaking as I slowly began to raise my hand to the other cuff. My fingers fumbled with the lock before it finally clicked open, sending my body to the ground. Warm tears stung my eyes as I cradled my injured hand to my chest. My eyes slowly began to open with each deep breath. My foot slipped as I began to stand, but I caught myself, my free hand extending out to the bars, extra support as I stood. The bars themselves were evenly placed, but had a wide enough gap that I could easily slip through. Quietly, I made my way to where I suspected the door was at. I was right. The stairs were right around the corner. The only problem was I had frozen in my tracks, my throat trembling as my hand raised to cover my mouth, tears now streaming down my cheeks as I shook my head. The words fell from my lips as my feet took me forward. My heart shattered as a million daggers pierced my skin at the sight. 
there, lying on a large wooden table, was Alex. My hand reached out to him. I felt no pulse, no breath, no beat. His dark locks had been soaked with blood. His eyes were cold and frozen. My lips quivered as his name fell from them in a soft cry. My heart still ached for him to be alive. Maybe we could still make it out, but no. His skin had been sliced and drained. My eyes shut tightly as I tried to hold in my sobs. He was dead. He was really dead. Silent sobs echoed in my throat, wanting to break free. My hand fell from his once warm cheek, feeling the cold blade that had killed him. I wanted more time with him. I wanted to finish our road trip, but I knew that would never happen now. He was dead, and I would be too if I didn't find a way out soon. A thump drew my attention to the stairs. Lights began to illuminate the room. Quickly, I grabbed the dagger and knelt down, hiding in the crook of the wooden table. Blood dripped onto my shoulder as something slithered down the steps. I held my breath as it wound its way around the table. My eyes bulged at the long tail covered with emerald scales. It paused, resting its claws or paws or hands on the table. I could hear it breathing, hear it sniff the air and hiss. Or was it more of a snarl? I heard it move, then it was gone. As silently as I could, I bolted and ran around the table, clutching the dagger to my feet as I pounded up the stairs. I heard a cry, a screech, but I didn't stop. I couldn't. I ran through the cabin straight to the front door. There was pounding and more screeching. A cold hand tried to grasp at my wrist as I opened the door. My hand sliced through the air, my eyes caught the faded gold orbs as my dagger cut the damn thing. It cried louder, but it also jolted back. I didn't have time to look at it any further before my feet took off, bounding down the stairs and away from the house. Tears streamed from my burning eyes as my sobs tangled with my heavy breathing. My legs burned from running so much, yet my skin felt icy. I felt like any tears or drips of sweat would turn into ice on the damp leaves. I could hear the venomous hissing and the rustling of leaves grow closer and closer until the faded whispers were all around me. I didn't know it was possible, but my heart sped up even more. My feet ran faster and my cheeks began to swell with all the tears that stung. Freedom. I could finally see my freedom just a few yards away. I could see the dirt road that I had driven on, God only knows when. I could see a light in the distance, so close but so far. I knew I wasn't completely in the clear. If I looked back, I knew I would see those golden eyes. But would I? I was so focused on the road that I had completely missed the absence of the hissing and the rustling of leaves and the feeling of being watched. I still didn't stop running. By the time my feet hit the dirt road, I could feel the small pebbles crunching underneath my boots. I was limping. I stood in the middle, my hands waving as the lights came closer. I could hear the music blasting from the car as the engine roared. I was expecting it to slow down, 
but it didn't. The car was maybe a few feet away from me before I could finally hear the screech of the brakes. My eyes widened and my legs gave way. It was only a second, but I could feel the pressure of the heavy metal and the bouncing of my head between the ground and the car's underside. Once again, I couldn't move. My head grew lighter, but I could hear the slam of the car door and the shouting of the passengers. I could feel the blood warming my cracked skull and the beat in my chest that slowed. I could hear the sobs and the panicked voices, the curses, the hisses. My eyes began to blacken and my ears began to ring. My lungs were gasping for air, gasping and failing. My head fell to the side and my eyes met them, even as I fell into the darkness. I could see that thing's gold eyes glowing. Wow, that was a very terrifying episode. I was quite spooked the entire time. Although, the uh, the lead male actors could have been a lot better, in my opinion. What do you think, Tori? I mean, I think he did pretty well. Yeah, he sounded uh, pretty boring for the most part. Anyways, if you guys have any like original creepy stories that you've written and you wanted us to act out, let us know. Send them in. You know, uh, email us, comment on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want, and... We'll totally do it and credit you guys for the writing. Thanks so much and uh, hope you enjoy this week's episode.